Tonight on Huckabee, Doctor of Family Medicine, Dr. Omar Hamada, former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, international funny man Derek Tennant, actor and singer Tom Wolfpack. That's Trey Corley at the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Filbury. Oh, wow. What a great audience we've got here tonight. So grateful they're here and grateful that you have joined us on our show. I don't know if you realize this, but we are almost two years away from the next presidential election, but it is already in full swing. Candidates are announcing in both parties, and the media has already started their worthless, meaningless, and clueless speculating and pontificating on who's up, who's down, and who won't make it to town. Well, Donald Trump was my second choice for president in 2016. Second choice. Because my first choice was me, folks, just so you know, okay? Yeah. But when I didn't make it, I endorsed, supported, and campaigned for Donald Trump. As president, he exceeded my expectations in implementing the America First policies. And they were long overdue to truly make America great again. I surprised most of my friends and even some of my enemies in supporting Donald Trump. He often said things that were cringeworthy. And some of the labels he affixed to political opponents in the media were harsh, if not accurate, and incredibly funny. <laughs> Okay, I didn't like all of his tweets or his comments from the podium. And when people ask, how could I support him? I said, well, it's like choosing a doctor to do surgery on a member of my family. If my choice was between a kind, loving, praying surgeon who had the bedside manner of a pastor, but who had never successfully done that particular surgery, or I could pick a surgeon who was gruff, bombastic, and impatient, and who had the bedside manner of a schoolyard bully, but he had successfully done that surgery hundreds of times. I'd pick the guy with a questionable personality, but the experienced and skillful surgical hands. Because you see, voting for a president, it's not like being put on a church pulpit committee and hiring a pastor. Ideally, I'd love to have people in office who share not only my political views, but also my personal views and my personality. But in the same way I choose someone to work on my car, fly the plane that I'm on, repair my home air conditioner, or dry clean my suits, I select people to work for me who are the best at what they're hired to do. I frankly, there was a reason that people were lined up on the sidewalk to get soup from Soup Man that we all saw in Jerry Seinfeld, right? The soup was good, even if Soup Man was an insufferable grouch. You know, there are going to be some very fine people running for president in 2024. And there are going to be some who could prove to be as worthless as a milk bucket under a bull. <laughs> but just to be clear, 
I will again personally support President Trump so he can finish what he started during his first term. You see, I believe he accomplished more to make America great again than any president in my lifetime, and that goes back to Eisenhower. <laughs> there were presidents who were more articulate and had a more engaging sense of humor, such as Kennedy and Reagan. There were some who had great legislative savvies, such as Lyndon Johnson. Some were truly decent and kind human beings, Jimmy Carter, George Herbert Walker Bush. But no president, no president, help this country get steered away from the insanity of socialist economics and insane policies on energy, the military, and the proper role of the courts, as did Donald Trump. No one. His, his tax and regulatory reforms put more than $4,000 in the pockets of working-class families. His energy policies provided us with affordable energy for our cars and homes and made us energy independent over Middle Eastern countries who hated us. And we were energy independent for the first time in 75 years. His tough love to European nations who were derelict in paying their agreed to dues for NATO, quite frankly, what he did actually saved NATO. He was the first president since Reagan to not get us in a war. Yet he advanced the pay and benefits of our military and focused on our armed forces being lethal instead of just being diverse and woke. In 2016, in 2016, I had the opportunity to introduce him in New York to a thousand pastors. And I said, with him sitting right by me, I wasn't sure he could find John 3:16 in a Mark New Testament. But let me say, no president, no president ever did more for religious liberty than Donald Trump did. And no president, no president was ever as pro-life as he was. And not just in what he said, but what he actually did. And by the way, he had the guts to move our embassy in Israel to Jerusalem, recognize Jerusalem as the rightful capital of the Jewish state and enact the groundbreaking Abraham Accords. Maybe there are other conservative candidates for president who would do well, but who else could take and endure the relentless hate that he has faced and the never-ending persecutions and prosecutions of the demonic deep state? Hey, Donald Trump is far from perfect, but then so am I, and so are you but I love my country and I don't want it to be in second place or third place. I want it to be first and I'll put up with a personality. I'll put up with a personality, then it can maybe at times be vain and vulgar, but I'll do it to make America great again. And that's why I will support him again for president. Coming up, a pro-life doctor who says there's absolutely no medically justifiable reason for an abortion. And he ought to know he's delivered more than 2,000 babies. Dr. Omar Hamada joins us right after this. Stay with us.
GovMikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back, everybody. I've been telling you about the steps of Paul and early church crews in the beautiful Mediterranean. This October 29th through November 7th, aboard a luxurious Azamara cruise ship. Quit thinking about it. Sign up today while the cabins are available. If you're interested in going with me, go to thegreatesttrip.com for all the details. All right, as some states look to ban or restrict abortion access, others are trying to make it more accessible or loosen the restrictions. Dr. Omar Hamada has been a doctor of family medicine for over 30 years. He's a board-certified OBGYN. He's delivered over 2,000 babies. And Dr. Hamada says there's not a single fetal or maternal condition that requires third trimester abortion. None. Delivery, yes. Abortion, no. Please welcome back to the show Dr. Omar Hamada. Dr. Hamada, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am... Always interested in what you have to say. You're one of the most articulate surgeons and doctors that I've ever had an interview with. And we're so excited to have you back. And right now, the state of Tennessee has recently passed a bill that allows for some narrow exceptions for abortion. Describe what those are and are those realistic and reasonable? Tennessee in 2019 had a bill that passed that was a trigger law that basically said no abortion would be allowed at all. And once that triggered and came into effect, people were scared that if a physician tried to manage an ectopic pregnancy that is, could be da- dangerous, I mean, fatally dangerous right. for a mom, or even manage an incomplete miscarriage, that they could be held criminally liable. And what they finally came up with was amazing because um, both sides basically agreed, and it passed with bipartisan vote in the Tennessee, uh, state, in the Tennessee House on, from the floor, I think the Senate still has, it still has, it's clear judiciary, I think. It still has to clear the full Senate. Mm. Well, it, it sounds like that there was some realistic and reasonable things to recognize that there are certain medical conditions. We're not talking about an elective abortion, but where a miscarriage happens, or you mentioned an ectopic pre- pregnancy, uh, which is a medical emergency. But this is not a, uh, you know, 18-week or 28-week uh, unborn child right. that the mother says, you know, I finally decided I don't want to have this kid. I'm going to have it aborted. Right. So it's very it, different. It is very different. And the left will say that never happens, but it does happen. In fact, mm. uh, I saw it happen when I was in residency um, here in Tennessee several years back, you know, back 20 years ago. Um, but so our law in Tennessee now will not allow any um, abortion like that to occur. But ectopic pregnancies and miscarriage management, of course, will be excluded. What about the abortion pill? Because that now has become a big issue. Arkansas is a state that had a law that said, if it ever is repealed, you know, we go back to our constitution, we had a constitutional amendment. So there, there is really no abortions in Arkansas nor Tennessee. But the abortion pill makes it complicated because somebody can order that from out of state and it gets shipped in. Tell us about how the abortion pill works, and is that something people ought to be aware it could be potentially dangerous to the mother? It certainly could. When most people talk about that, we're talking about more than the morning after pill. Uh, we're talking about RU486, also known as mefepristone. And that basically blocks progesterone receptors, so it causes a pregnancy to fail uh, in the first 10 weeks of pregnancy. 
Um, so if we block those progesterone receptors, the pregnancy fails and mom starts bleeding and starts losing the pregnancy. We can reverse that. There are pills we can give if somebody changes their mind after they've taken it. So we can actually save a pregnancy um, after uh, the mefepristone has been given. Um, so it, it can be dangerous because it will cause a lot of bleeding. And sometimes people have gotten in trouble with severe bleeding. What would be uh, the best approach for states that are pro-life to recognize that there are medical situations? Again, we're not talking about elective abortions where someone says, I just don't want this baby. But where there is, again, a miscarriage. You don't want to criminalize a miscarriage, for heaven's sakes. Exactly. So is the Tennessee law and what you're doing, is that you think maybe the model for how this ought to look around the rest of the country? I think it is. We hope that it's going to that it was uh, that it will be uh, something solid that won't be able to be challenged because I think it's an excellent model because it allows for those exclusions without allowing ex- uh, elective pregnancy and you know, elective I, abortion. What about um, you? Also served in the military. You were uh, an officer, and so you had quite a wide a range of, of background. How much does it disturb you when you see that the military has been focusing on? diversity and equity and inclusion more than in training men and women to be lethal weapons for defense. We're destroying this country because of this woke movement. And when... We are. I agree. And it scares me because China and Russia are serious. Yes, they are. And as poorly as Russia has uh, performed... Um, they still are very strong. And China is watching and China is positioning itself. And it scares me that in the next, potentially in the next couple of years, China may try something. And our military, I think, is in many ways broken in terms of the infrastructure uh, and then also in terms of the attitude of the soldiers um, focusing on just those things instead of what it should be focusing on, and that is national defense. How hard would it be to clean it up? Let's say we get a new president and he comes in, he says, we're not going to have this as the centerpiece of the military. My guess is a whole lot of the Pentagon's got to be basically vacuumed out of there exactly. and a whole new leadership team because it's now permeating the highest ranking uh, of our military in, in every branch. It is. And that's why it would be so hard. I don't think, you know, on paper it wouldn't be hard, but logistically I think it would be because so many people would have to get replaced. Mm. Well, I hope they will be replaced because some of them need to go and we need to return our military back to a, a force of men and women who are ready to fight, not just uh, provide good hugs. Dr. Hamada, we're always happy to have you here. And uh, for our audience, you can follow Dr. Hamada on social media. We've got all the links to do just that over at Huckabee.tv. And I hope that you will. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us what we have to look forward to for the rest of the show. Keith, let us know. Well, up next, hilarious stories on In Case You Missed It. And later, Dukes of Hazard star Tom Wopat performed right here on Huckabee. From dumb criminals to chicken crimes, we've got the kookiest news you've ever heard this week on In Case You Missed It. 
Our first story tonight, a Pacific pocket mouse at the San Diego Zoo just set two Guinness World Records as the oldest mouse in human care and the oldest known mouse ever. The mouse named Pat set the record at nine years, 209 days. He's already lived two years longer than the previous world's oldest mouse, whom I assume met up with the world's oldest cat. That's probably. it. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, the zookeepers say having the world oldest <laughs> mouse shows just how good their animal care is. Or maybe what it shows is how bad their pest control is. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, in Eagle Lake, Minnesota, a female Huck's criminal mastermind was jailed for domestic abuse. Her boyfriend told police they were driving home from a bar when she began spitting in his face and then bashed him in the back of the head with a whole chicken. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Chicken. I mean, that's one way to establish pecking order, don't, don't you think? do with that woman. Yeah. It is the first ever case of an assault with a dead weapon. Oh. Huh. This didn't happen to Trey, did it? I know. No, I don't think so. Like, Story of my life. <laughs> anyway, as evidence, police said that he still had some chicken residue in his hair. Ooh. Now, they had heard of having moose in your hair, but not chicken. <laughs> Did the audience catch that? I did. I did. Moose, but not Think about how moose chicken. is spelled, okay? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, police said when they tried to handcuff the woman, she balked. Further reports say she was acting like a chicken with its head cut off. Is how she oh, my goodness. Anyway, when asked why she struck him with the chicken, the woman said she didn't want to cross the road. Well, there you go. That's it. Anyway, police didn't say whether the weaponized chicken was raw or cooked. But I do know this, if that guy marries her, his goose is cooked. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that was good. All right, another cute animal story comes courtesy of the BBC, where a documentary crew discovered that dolphins like to get, well, let's just say they share something in common with Bob Marley. When threatened, huh. pufferfish, I did not know this, but pufferfish emit a neurotoxin that is intoxicating in small doses. So young dolphins form a circle and they pass around a puffer fish like a bunch of high school kids behind oh, wow. the dumpster. <laughs> what? Do the narcotics officers know this? I don't know that they do, <laughs> but they must have learned that from Hunter Biden, I'm a guess. Oh, wow. Now, to quote the Beatles, <laughs> the dolphins turn off their minds, relax and float downstream. There you go. And now we know why dolphins always have that silly grin on their faces. That's it. And I'll tell you this, you'll remember, Keith, this is why Flipper lived in a world full of wonder. Yeah. Lived in a world full of wonder. Oh, I'm sorry. I got carried away. Anyway, well, I'm always hearing the claim that dolphins are as smart as people. I think it's reassuring to hear that they can also be as dumb as some people. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, next, we've got surveillance video from Whatcom County, Washington. It could be a clip from Dumb and Dumber. Two crooks stole an SUV and used it to pull the door off a convenience store. They hauled out the ATM and tried to crack it open by repeatedly backing into it with the SUV. They managed to smash up the front of the store and the back of the SUV and all of the works of the ATM, but they couldn't crack the money box open. <laughs> they finally gave up and drove away. They left the ATM behind, 
And later they abandoned the SUV. It was the hardest they'd ever worked in their lives and they had nothing to show for it. Except a wrecked SUV. <laughs> they might as well go straight. Well, before you call the cops, we're going to end this bit. But until next time, remember, we read the news. Very good. Well, now, after the break, former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer joins Mike right here at the desk. Then later, prepare to laugh with funny guy Derek Tennant. All tonight on Huckabee. TV and get your very own Made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. Welcome back. Coach Joe Kennedy was on our show recently and discussed his legal battle after being fired for praying with his football players after the games. Well, this week, he won his case and was awarded $1.7 million in damages. He was ordered restored to his job, and his attorney fees of $2 million also have to be paid. What a great victory. Congrats to Coach Joe and to Kelly Shackelford and the Liberty First Institute who represented him. A great victory for Coach Joe, but I think it's even a bigger victory for religious liberty for all of us. Sean Spicer is one of our favorite former White House press secretaries. And we've had him on the show several times. He now hosts Spicer and Company on Newsmax TV every weeknight. He's written four books, and the latest is this one that even Trey can read. It's called The Parents Go Bananas. It's a children's book, and it's in stores now and at Amazon, though you might not have known it since Amazon tried to suppress this book. But it didn't work. Please welcome back to the show, Sean Spicer. So you get a children's book out on Amazon. They don't think they ought to let people know about it. Well, you What's know, I, up? I realized that the Washington Post and the Amazon are connected. You, you accuse them of fake news a few times and you write a book <laughs> about fake news. And maybe that has something to do with it. But luckily, bravebooks.com is where you can always go to get it. It was funny. I, I, as you said, I, I'm, not, I'm trying to keep up with you. Uh, I, I think what you're at, like 42 books. Um, but I, I, we got ready for pre-sales and I said, you know, the book's not up. Yeah. And they, they said, well, we're checking on it. And then launch day was March 1st. And I said, hey, the, the book's not up. Now, Brave Books has launched hundreds of books. And yeah. said, we've never seen this before. So we, we started inquiring. We started reaching out to some uh, influencers. And sure enough, after the seventh day, they finally magically appeared. But they've been doing this forever. They've had hundreds of books published. It's never been a problem. I've, this is my fourth book. The first three didn't have a problem. Suddenly, I write a book about fake news, and Amazon's got a problem putting it up. I mean, this is a children's book, but it does have an important real story. It's a children's book, but it's also, if you work at the Washington Post or CNN, there's a value for reading it as well. Uh, so, 
you know, just because it is about how rumors and lies, misinformation gets started. Sure. So, I mean, there's two things. One is, and I have two 12 year old kids. And so I, they helped write about this and, and talk to me about their experiences. And so in the book, the two main characters are accused of something false. That's something a lot of kids can relate to. But more importantly, there's a lot of times when kids are urged to jump on the bandwagon, mm. right? And I think that's something that a lot of kids are familiar with, where they're urged to, to be part of, a, you know, everybody's saying that so-and-so did it. And, and that's what happens in the book. And suddenly at the end, the, the two main characters are exonerated and they come to the rest of the crowd and say, look, we're good, upstanding citizens of Mushroom Village. Yeah. Why would you have accused us of this? Why did you think we would do this bad thing? And- Hopefully, we teach kids through this book that, you know, why would you, why would you do this? Assume the good in people. Assume that, you know, that, that they've done the right thing, that the good people do good things. You know, and so many kids are facing forces from the internet uh, and from society that you have to look over your shoulder as a parent and say, what are you getting? What are you reading? What are you learning at school? Um, and they now have content that you can say, go read this. Yeah. I'll read it to you. And I'm not going to have to answer a million questions about your body type or some woke agenda that, that I'm not prepared to get into at this age. And I think that's really what's uh, great about the book. It, it, as you say, it's a children's book. Any child can understand it and enjoy it and be entertained by it. But there's a message yeah. behind it all. Speaking of messages, the White House this week has had an interesting message. There are so many things going on. Russia and China getting together, having a big group hug. We have border crisis happening. There's all sorts of issues with fentanyl killing 100,000 Americans. But the White House this week had the cast of Ted Lasso, uh, an Apple TV series, come. And that was their big story of the day. Yeah, President Xi lands in Moscow to meet with Putin and Ted Lasso meets with Biden. The contrast couldn't be clearer. Yeah. I mean, think about what's happening in this country. You've got Russia invading Ukraine, fentanyl pouring over our border, China being provocative in the South China Sea, Iran shooting off a missile, killing yeah. our, our, you know, a U.S. citizen, right, just in the last 24 hours. And, and they're meeting with Ted Lasso. If you had had a press conference and brought the cast of Ted Lasso into the White House in the midst of that, uh, do you, you think they would have said, oh, this is just wonderful, Sean. Thank you so much for bringing this Absolutely. little bit of entertainment to us. Absolutely. But you think about what happened this weekend. You had a reporter this week who I, I, and I don't excuse the behavior of this reporter by any means, jump up and down and ask a question, right? And the entire press corps, and this is literally issued an apology. Yeah. Think about the the, number of reporters, whether it was me or or Sarah, that were applauded for going after and and acting like hyenas, jumping up and down, and then got cable contracts for it. They were rewarded for bad behavior. Well, it's it's disturbing because there's such a double standard. We see it in the Press, but we also see it in the courts, and I want to get to this. President Trump, uh, we don't know if he's actually going to be indicted by this New York court, right. but every agency has said there's nothing there. The Federal Election Commission, the federal prosecutors, the Mueller Commission. Right. You had this guy's predecessor, Sirens Vance, the, uh, the uh, Attorney General of New York, Letitia James. They all walked away from it. This guy is seeming intent on charging Donald Trump with a crime. Look, no matter how much you might detest Donald Trump, the charge that he's being brought up on potentially is a bookkeeping charge. The statute of limitations in New York is two years. This happened in 2016. 
So that, now, I went to a liberal arts college, so I can still do that math. 2016 plus two is 2018. <laughs> yeah. If you actually were able to make that a felony in New York, that's five years. 2016 plus five, I can still do that one. Yeah. That's 2021. <laughs> we're still outside the statute of limitations, even if it's a felony. So the idea that we're having this discussion defies the limits that our justice system puts on it. And, and I think that no matter how much you might hate him, detest him, you have to say, is this really what our justice system is about? I remember during the 2016 campaign when there was talk of, of going after Hillary Clinton, them saying, I can't believe that President Trump would dare weaponize the justice system to go after yeah. his political enemies. And now they're literally sitting there saying, well, we don't care about the statute of limitations. It's in, the, it's in pursuit of this greater good, which is to get Donald Trump. So it's fine. It's a double standard if there ever was one. Sean, I hope the book is a huge success despite Amazon's uh, well, best I couldn't intention. Be, I couldn't be governor uh, after leaving the White House, so I figured I'd write a children's write book. Write a children's book, yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling Sarah would probably say to you, good choice, Sean, good choice. <laughs> well, so far, she's doing a great job. Oh, so. she's, she's on fire. Yeah. For our audience, Sean's book, The Parents Go Bananas, is out now, and you can get your own copy when you head over to Huggabee.tv. We have all the links to also follow Sean on social media as well as on Newsmax. And by the way, Newsmax is back on AT&T and DirecTV. They won that battle, and we're happy about that. Speaking of winning the battle, Keith Bilbrey has been fighting all night, just demanding to tell us what's coming up. He wins the battle. Keith, tell us what's coming. Well, the very funny Derek Tennant is next. Then get ready for some classic country with one of America's favorites, Tom Wolfpack. Don't go away. Well, we're coming back to the music of Rod Stewart, a song called Forever Young. I think that that was intended for me. I'm sure it was. But I'll tell you one thing that I would always want to mention, and that is how wonderful the music is on this show because of the amazing work of Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Give them the big hand. Well, in one week, exclusively in theaters, TBN is debuting The Journey, a music special from Andrea Bocelli. You're going to follow the world's greatest tenor on a horseback pilgrimage all along the Italian countryside. You'll also be treated to world-class performances and great conversations with premier voices like Michael W. Smith, Taryn Wells, Tori Kelly, and more. It is a wonderful film that presents the best of music, faith, love, and God's beautiful creation. It's going to be in theaters April 2nd through the night, Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. Please go to thejourney.movie and get your tickets quick because they're selling fast. Well, as the weather is warming up, I'm itching to take a trip. And if you love water and fishing, this next town is going to float your boat. Keith Bilbrey, why don't you reel this one in and tell us about our kind of town. In upstate New York, there's a town known as the Cradle of the Thousand Islands, and that's beautiful Clayton. The Finger Lakes and Thousand Islands region is a major attraction, and Clayton is right in the middle of it. Take a cruise on the St. Lawrence River to see the stunning natural beauty and magnificent historic summer homes. 
built by wealthy families long ago. Or try your hand at fishing for some of the freshest fish you'll ever taste. Not into catching your own? No problem, Clayton has you covered with great restaurants serving up some of the most delectable dishes anywhere. And don't forget to try the famous Thousand Island dressing that originated right here in Clayton. Make sure you check out the popular Clayton Opera House, which has been open since 1904 and still going strong after nearly 120 years. Now that's a run. Enjoy over 21 miles for uh, hiking, biking, birding, and cross-country skiing. Hop on the Clayton Island tour boat and visit some of the 1,864 islands. Wow! And you won't want to miss Bolt Castle on Hart Island. It's kind of romantic. Clayton also has a variety of exciting events throughout the year, including the annual Bassmasters Fishing Tournament, great vintage car and boat shows, and holiday celebrations on the waterfront. But you must experience the October Pumpkin Chunkin'. Yes, catapulting pumpkins into the seaway. Now that's a unique way to spend the day. And speaking of unique, it's the Wondrous Antique Boat Museum. It houses the largest collection of antique freshwater boats in the world. A must-see for any boating enthusiast. Also, don't miss the Thousand Islands Museum, which houses the Muskie Hall of Fame. Mm. I don't know if I'd be swimming in that river after seeing those monsters. So there you have it. There's so much going on here, I can't even scratch the surface. And that's why Clayton, New York is our kind of town. What a beautiful, beautiful city. I've, I've never even heard of Clayton, New York, but it makes me want to go. What a beautiful place. It really is. We want to thank the Clayton Chamber of Commerce and Horizon Aerial Media Services and an extra special thanks to loyal Huckabee Show viewer Patty Mondor for submitting her town of Clayton, New York and introducing us to this amazing place. You can submit your town as well by emailing to us at mytown@tvn.tv. I am very happy to have Derek Tennant back on the show. He is a funny and inspiring Christian comedian whose ability to turn hardship into laughter has allowed him to work with top comics like Ron White and John Lovitz. And it's earned him his own dry bar comedy special called Love Wastefully. Please welcome back to the show, Derek Tennant. All right. Hey, friends, my name is Derek Tennant, and I only own seven shirts. <laughs> Clearly, I got to do some laundry. It's not Monday, but you know. But for real, everything I own, friends, fits in this suitcase right here. I don't have a house. I don't have an apartment. I just travel. That's my life. I know that's weird. I get a lot of questions. People, and some people think they're funny. They're like, really? Does your underwear say that too? <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. My underwear says October, November, December. Ma'am, ma'am, I'm just serious. <laughs> my, my motto, friends, is to live simply, love wastefully. That's what I try to do. I want you to do me a favor. Think about the most generous person you've ever met. Just think about that person for a second. There's no way that I could know who you're thinking about, but I would bet my car, well, I'll bet Mike's car, um, that that person is happy, right? That's not Derekology, man. That's just truth. When you're generous, you're happy. 
That's beautiful, isn't it? And we can choose to be generous whenever we want. Um, several years ago, I was driving with my sister and her four little kids from Atlanta to Syracuse uh, to visit the grandparents because uh, the plane tickets are crazy expensive, right? Her husband couldn't take the time off of work. Uncle Derek doesn't have a job, whatever. The point is, you put them in the car in their pajamas at four o'clock in the morning, right? So that they'll sleep for a while. They start waking up around Virginia somewhere. And my sister, she's like Pinteresty, you know? She's like, let's have a cereal picnic. You know, and the kids are, cereal picnic, you know? And I'm like, cereal picnic, this will be awesome, right? We get off the exit here, the only thing there is a Dollar General. And it's not one of the good ones, you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, you know you'll drive an extra 10 minutes to get to the clean one, right? <laughs> and the kids are all, Derek, can we have Fruity Pebbles? I said, yes, I am Uncle Derek. We can have Fruity Pebbles, right? Mm -hmm. Does Dollar General have Fruity Pebbles? No. You know what they have? Fruity Bites. I'm not, I, fruity Bites, it sounds like something you got in the Amazon when you forgot the spray. I got the, <laughs> got the Fruity Bites. <laughs> so I get a giant box of Fruity Bites. We go out to the picnic table to have a cereal picnic. You know what else uh, Dollar General doesn't have? Picnic tables. I didn't know and I didn't care. Meet my nephew, Charlie. Yes, those are pajamas and Fruity Bites under a grocery cart, man. This is my niece, Kelly. Uh, all right, sir, put your phone away. Before you call Child Protective Services, just look at the smile on her face. We're having a cereal picnic. Here's me. My cereal at this point is on top of a trash can. Okay, we're having a blast. What I didn't know when I took this picture is that red minivan that's pulling up in the back there comes up and parks in the front of that Dollar General and literally changes my life. This lady gets out, and, and I, this, I saw this with my own eyes, maybe 75, 80 years old, right? She walks up to the front of that Dollar General right there. We're in our pajamas, fruity bites, you know, and, and this woman, man, she changed me. She, uh, <laughs> she gave us money. <laughs> <laughs> She puts, she puts, this angel of a woman puts money in my sister's hand and she squeezes it and she said three things I'll never forget. She said, it's okay. I'm your friend. My name's Alice. <laughs> and my sweet sister, who I promise you has more money than this woman, she says, oh, sweetie, thank you. No, we're just having a cereal picnic. You know, oh, great. Now Alice thinks we're poor and crazy. <laughs> And I'm watching this, I'm dying, right? I'm the big brother, I gotta go over and help, right? I'm, gonna, I'm Uncle Derek, right? So I start to walk over there. But at this point, friends, milk is pouring out of my nose because I can't stop. So needless to say, we kept the money. Now, what are you gonna do, right? <laughs> what are you gonna do at that point, right? So why do I tell you this story, friends? Listen, when you choose to be generous, it gives you joy to the extent that I call it selfish generosity. I really believe that's what it is. It also gives the recipient joy and it can give the world joy. Isn't that crazy? And you can do this every single day. Do you think that it made Alice happy to help this homeless family? <laughs> do you think it made us happy? For like, you know, 200 miles, we're in tears trying to figure out how we're gonna put this on Facebook, right, you know? <laughs> and, and then friends, it can make the world happy. Check this out. I have told this story with those pictures literally around the world to tens of thousands of people. And every one of them felt that joy that you just felt. Why? Because sweet Alice decided to be generous. Isn't that awesome? And you can be generous. Yeah. You... Yeah. 
You can be generous every day. I would suggest every hour. And it gives you joy, the recipient world, the world, joy, friends. Do this. This is what I learned from Alice. And, oh, I almost forgot the best part of the story, too. Um, we get back in the car, right? And we're going to go. The next stop is Pennsylvania, right? We get up to Pennsylvania. We get out of the car. The kids didn't even know this. They're like, what's so funny? Why are you guys laughing? You know, we, they didn't even know. So we tell them what happened then, friends. It gives the world joy. As a family, we decided to use that money and give it to a guy in Pennsylvania that really needed it. We think. <laughs> he might be on next week, like this crazy family in pajamas gave me money. You know? <laughs> I don't know. My name is Derek Tennant, and I believe in selfish generosity. You guys are awesome. That's great. Thank you, Derek. I think you're so right about the generosity. I hope that you will uh, get links to book Derek Tennant to your community and to watch his dry bar comedy special. And if you want more on Derek and Julie, his sister, on this wonderful movement they have called the Love Chromosome, it's beautiful and you want to see it. Go to Huckabee.tv. Keith Bilbrey is standing over there with his hands in his pocket. Keith, take your hands out of your pocket and tell us what's ahead on the show. Hands are out of the pocket. Yes. Well, don't go anywhere. Tom Wolfat performs after the break. You're watching Huckabee. Join Huckabee next week for New York Post columnist Carol Markowitz. And music from our very own Music City Connection. Tonight's musical guest came to fame on the classic TV show that we all loved and still miss, The Dukes of Hazard. Since then, his talents as an actor and singer have taken him from movies to Broadway. His latest film in the popular County Line series is called County Line, No Fear. It's out right now, and he's got a brand new album. His 13th, by the way, it's called Simple Man. Please welcome Tom Wopat. Tom, I bet there's a lot of people that don't realize that you have been as prolific with making music as you have with doing television and movies and I Broadway. Just, I just can't seem to keep a job. <laughs> that seems to be the problem. Well, I've always loved music, and I started singing when I was just a little shaver. And But, you know, this is the 13th album, the new one, Simple Man. You're going to do a cut of that one, uh, County Line, which I right. feel is, is quite appropriate because it also connects into the movie that is yeah, we did out. some movies with the INSP network. I've done three of them now, and, and um, I'm real proud of them. You know, uh, most of people may not realize also, you spent a lot of time on Broadway doing some really serious acting. I had a lot of fun there. I got to work with Bernadette Peters in uh, Annie Get Your Gun. Yeah. And, uh, wonderful actress, terrific singer, good kisser. <laughs> She'll be delighted to hear that, <laughs> that you didn't she rat her out. She knows that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people still remember, I mean, it's been 40 years, but they still remember the Dukes of Hazard yeah. as a wonderful, fun family yeah. show. <laughs> what was it about that show that just connected to people in this country? Well, to me, it's a lot like uh, the Andy Griffith show is like to me. Yeah. It's, it's a family 
Um, all the actors good. I mean, Ronnie Howard is spectacular in that show. And uh, on our show, I mean, the actors were fine, but it's a family. There's no blood. There's no sex. There's no cussing. You know, yeah. I'm older than Uncle Jesse now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the projects you're doing, uh, County Line, the third in the series, No Fear. We've got a clip from it. Let's take a look. Excuse me, uh, uh, what did you Maddie, say? Maddie, put the sprayer down before somebody gets wet. Okay, wait, wait, let me get this straight. You feel like you're the victim here? I didn't do anything wrong. You lied to me. It was a sin of omission. Did I fail to disclose certain items on my itinerary? Yes. Did I actually lie to you? I don't think so. Hey! One day! Hey, come on, Maddie, stop! That's how long you can stay retired? It wasn't police business. I was just trying to help Joe. <laughs> uh, I'm anxious to see it. You know, I almost got a water gun, brought it out, and after that clip, I was going to spray it, and I thought... Well, maybe a little squirt gun or something. Yeah, Otherwise, probably... I might have come over the table at you. That's wh exactly why I didn't do it. <laughs> I think you might be tougher than me, and I wasn't going to chance it. The album is called Simple Man. It's got the songs that you're going to do uh, on the show and one that people can get to online, and the film County Line No Fear. No now, we're fear. going to get set up to play a little music for you. Keith Bilbrey is going to tell you how you can keep up with the many projects that Tom Wopat has got going on right now. To get Tom's new album, Simple Man, and to find all his music and movie projects, visit Huckabee.tv. You can also see an exclusive live performance of his new song, Rita. Now performing County Line from Simple Man with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on bass, here's Tom Wopat.
Thank you very much. How about that? 